In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. You are listening to a Radio On production brought to you by HD Smartcast. So let's step forward together. Kahuake Tonotato. Let's keep moving. I cherish the idea of a new South Africa. We'll one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Aight, listen, why do we need politics? This question seems like a million dollars, but isn't really. We need politics for two simple reasons. One, we're the future and we need to represent ourselves and the country in a better light. And two, because it's fun, it's interesting and it's important. This is Adiket and I host the evening show on 94.3 Radio 1 and me along with Fabian Sir getting you Politics for Dummies where we understand politics then and now we understand politics right and left. So, what are you waiting for? Put on your headphones and strap on because you are going to have a ride of your life. Welcome. Joining us today is Mr. Fabian. They said long live the queen and then she took it literally. Uh, Welcome back to Politics for Dummies. Uh, This is Aniket. I'm the host at 94.3 Radio 1. Joining me is our for Professor Fabian but Fabian he's not an actual professor he's he's someone who has done a lot if you want to check out what he's done go check out my first episode but Fabian welcome back how are you doing today? Thank you Aniket very happy to be with all of you Wow who else is in this room? <laughs> okay no we have a lot of people inside this room uh, Fabian is addressing everybody he's actually addressing you as well who's listening to us right now so Fabian uh, the last time we spoke we spoke about the bull in the china shop uh, that bull is still creating a ruckus so we will keep that man aside but let's talk about the biggest story that just recently broke and when I say recently a couple of weeks back I don't know when you're listening to this it might be years and months for you but the story of the racism allegations the story of the crown the story of the royal family mistreating someone right it's the Meghan Harry Queen Philip William Diana story including Archie who's just like a baby right now so tell us let's start with this Uh, can you explain the family tree for the ones who are listening because it's a lot of confusion and every white dude looks the same no dude so can you can you can you just break down the family tree for us well that reminds me you know somebody said you know all Chinamen look alike to the English boy Mm, true <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same the grass is green on the other side so yeah okay I think what we have to understand first of all is that uh, Elizabeth II she has had the longest reign she became the queen in 1953 mm-hmm. well coronation was in 53 but in 52 she became the queen 
Okay. And now you can count the years. She has been on the throne longer than Victoria, ah. who reigned from 1837 to 1901. Okay. Okay, so that is one thing. Okay. Secondly, what you have to understand is that uh, you see the royal titles and all that. That rule was made in the 20th century when nobody expected uh, the Prince of Wales to have grandchildren. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it understandable? <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. Good. So now we have a position where the Prince of Wales has grandchildren uh-huh. and the royal rules did not envisage that. Okay. So that is why, I mean, uh, you know, Meghan's uh, baby was not going to get any royal title. Mm-hmm. It was not because of the color <laughs> or anticipated color. Yeah. But obviously, understandably, people connect things. Yeah. Connect okay. the dots. They think correctly, but not necessarily correctly. Okay. So, to go back, uh, Elizabeth, uh, the Prince of Wales, uh, and uh, his uh, two sons, uh, Harry and uh, William. Um, well, I should have said William and Harry. Uh, yeah, first William and then <laughs> Harry, yes. <laughs> Sorry for that. Uh, and uh, Harry married someone who is a divorcee, something which is not... Uh, well, which uh, not it did happen. Eh? Yeah. Don't forget uh, it did Edward the Eighth as king. Hmm. He wanted to marry Simpson, an okay. American, Valley Simpson, and then of course uh, Churchill and others made him abdicate. Okay. Okay. And I adore him because you know he stood for his love. Yeah. Okay, that's that's way too far. I wasn't born then, so that's right. Yeah. I I too was not there, but still, still I can adore him. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. So uh, let's let's start with this. Now we know the family tree. Now we know what we're going to talk about. We're talking about the monarch. We're talking about uh, uh, the empire and how it affects us in our country while we are sitting in our nice, comfortable chairs in our studio. So now come to the big, big topic, right? Uh, Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry, right? They separated themselves from the Queen. They separated them from, from the royal family. They started living off in America. They started doing their own thing. Now, why is this becoming such a big thing? Isn't this an alright thing to do in 2021? Why does an American being in the royal family become such a big thing? <laughs> well, it's like this... Uh... Like most royal families, uh, the British royal family also is very rigid. You remember what happened to Diana? Yeah, clearly, 97. I I was in uh, Sri Lanka when, you know, that uh, most uh, televised, uh, brilliant uh, marriage wedding took place. Yeah. And I personally thought I have not seen a, a young woman more beautiful and not a couple more happy. But then what happened? 1981, and by 1991-92, they got separated. Now why did it happen? Because she could not adjust to, partly, partly, to the royal protocol. But of course, as she put it, you know, right from the beginning, she discovered... It was a menage a trois. She used the French expression. Yeah, explain what does it mean because I don't it, know. It means, uh, you know, a menage, you know, your household. It's not, not the two of you. Ah. It is three. Menage 
Okay. Okay. So there was always someone interfering in their well, private. someone else also present. Mm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. There was there was the third person. It was it was not just two of them. It was three of them. That's right. So that happened. So is is history like legend? Is history repeating itself in twenty twenty one? Well, I'll put it this way: that on the one hand, Megan with her uh, you know personality. You know, she knows how to address an audience and uh, all that. With her personality, could not adjust to royal protocol. But on the other hand, the royal household could not accept her also. So it cuts both ways. Okay. And then, of course, you know, they were going to have this baby. And, uh, well, it's quite understandable even, you know, in an Indian household, if there is a, what shall we say, a mixed marriage yeah. between someone who is from the south and someone who is from, say, the north, well, will the baby be like him or her? Question mark. So the question was whether the baby was going to get the complexion of <laughs> the dad or of the mom. Yeah, damn, this is so racist. I can't even, I can't even comprehend right now. Okay, so uh, tell me, would you know any of these royal protocols that it is so difficult to adjust to because you mentioned it twice with Diana and with Megan, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that these royal protocols would be very very strict. But what are these protocols? Would you know any one or two of them? Well, let me put it uh, just to expand on it. You know, yeah. you remember uh, the emperor of uh, Japan? No. Well, he just uh, abdicated, okay. and his son is there now. Okay. But when he was, uh, you know, the Japanese version of Prince of Wales, okay. he met a young woman at the tennis court, Michiko, and she, he married her. Well, they were happy, but uh, there were times when, you know, she found it so hard because, uh, you know, that sort of, uh, what shall I say, uh, free, laughing, joking, that sort of thing doesn't go with uh, some royals. Okay. They're always looking. You know, you one royal protocol, let me tell you, when I was in Canada, uh, the Kuhn came, and, you know, up in the north, uh, uh, there was some I mean, snow or something like that, and she fell. Now, the royal protocol is that you can't touch the royal yeah. Without permission. Yes. So <laughs> the ADC had to ask her, Madam, 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 with your permission to lift her up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Know. Okay. So these these are the set of rules that the royals created themselves for no rhyme or reason. And now they are f making others who fall into the royal family, forcing them to follow this. Is that right? Is that what I'm coming at? Yes. I mean, let me put it this way. Protocol, I wouldn't say it is not the... I wouldn't say it is the enemy of natural spirits. Okay. But... Uh, it can try to constrain, restrain the natural spirits. Okay, cool. Jeffrey Epstein, the man who didn't kill himself in his cell, uh, the man who uh, the world thinks, uh, you know, would have completely unraveled the whole pedophilia ring out there. There has been a massive cover-up by... Uh, I mean, of course, this is all alleged. Don't whack me. I'm just a person who's presenting. Uh, people believe that the royals covered up the whole connection of Andrew and Jeffrey. Uh, what do you have to say about this? Well, let me put it this way. So many girls have come out saying that, you know, he did do 
what they said yeah. she did. Yeah. Now, I personally find it difficult not to believe them. And uh, I'm afraid Andrew's uh, denials uh, have not been very convincing. And whenever he's asked, will we cooperate? Yes, uh, but, you know, I'll go by legal advice, you know. <laughs> sort of, you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, most unfortunate. And uh, the man had a lot of money, but uh, then he started doing things which he should not have been doing. Yeah. And then... Uh, this uh, suicide again, you know, they say that uh, he was, should have been put on a suicide watch and perhaps he was on a suicide watch, then they lifted it and all that. It's too complicated to find out what the truth was, but there is something fishy. Of course, of course there is fishy. So uh, did the royals cover up? Uh, do you think the royals will support Andrew for the longest or they're just going to let him lose and just push him under the bus sooner or later? I suppose if they come to the judgment that he is too much of a negative uh, liability. liability, then they will gently push him <laughs> under the bus. Or put him in the tunnel. You never know. You know, that could also happen. At this point of time, the internet says the royal family is behaving like a typical brown family where they're not accepting the girl just because she has a different color. And uh, at this point of time, I, I just want to ask, how does this affect the mental health of a person who has experienced so much of trauma and who has come out. Do the royals do this on like a very regular basis to everybody? That's like a very important question to ask at this point of time. Well, we also have to bring in uh, the relationship between Kate okay. and Meghan. Yeah, that's... Sort of a, what shall I say, cold war, mm -hmm. which is again understandable. It can happen in Indian families too. Mm. True, very true. Yeah, another thing is that, you know, they all have separate residences or palaces. But in a sense, they are all under the same royal roof Yeah. for functions, for ceremonies and all that. And always, you know, in the media, the media glare is there. Now, constant, uh, what shall I say, monitoring by the media can be quite unnerving. Okay. It takes, uh, you know, I mean, it's a lot of strain on anyone. All right. All right. So it does really put a strain on you. Being a royal, the protocols, the constant media monitoring. Hey, I thought being a king or a queen would be cool, but not anymore. So that's that. A couple of more questions. Uh, two, starting with, could you explain Brexit in the shortest form ever? Well, you know, it's like London looks uh, <laughs> towards the continent. Okay. One eye. Yeah. And the other eye looks across the Atlantic towards the United States. Okay. And uh, you know that uh, UK did not join the European common market when it started. All right. Actually, it started as uh, uh, steel and coal. Okay. You know, Benelux countries, you know, Belgium, Netherlands, France, Germany, okay. Luxembourg. Okay. And Italy, you know, sort of, you know. It yeah. like, started like that. Uh -huh. And later the European common market... And then later the European Union. Britain came later in 1972-73. Okay. After much uh, internal introspection and all that, you know. Earlier they wanted to join, but De Gaulle said nothing doing. He okay. said that Britain will not be a good uh, European member. All right. So then they joined. And then after so many years, <laughs> they, they had the so-called referendum. It was won by a narrow margin. 
Okay. And then it took them so long to negotiate, and Boris Johnson hurried it up. He didn't play cricket, let me put it that way. Okay. He said certain things uh, in Brussels. He said certain other things in London, and these two sets of things contradicted each other. Okay. So now the European Union is going to, or has already taken him to court about Ireland. Ah, yes, you yes. You know the yes. Good Friday Agreement and all yeah, that. Yeah. So let us see. Okay, cool. How does this thing work in uh, the UK? We've got the Prime Minister. We've got other people. We've got the Deputy yeah. Prime Minister. No, what? What is the? I don't know. There can be a deputy yeah. prime minister, not always. Yeah, so we've got the prime minister, we've got the deputy prime minister or whatever. And then we've got the queen, we've got the prince, we've got the royalty. So how do they coexist? How does that work? Let's understand that first. Good question. You know, actually the queen reigns, R-E-I-G-N-S. She yeah. doesn't rule. Ah. You see, she appoints the prime minister and uh, whatever the parliament passes becomes a law only with her signature okay but she reigns even if the prime minister or the parliament does something which she doesn't approve of well she might take the trouble of asking them to have a second look at it but otherwise she just signs because i'm not sure whether she liked the brexit mm-hmm. but she signed all right. So that is how it is. Okay. So whatever the parliament or whatever the appointed people you know decide, they finally take it to the queen, and the queen has to sign it for it to become a law or it to be a possible uh, you know audit or whatever. Right. That's the thing. Correct. So um, keeping all of this in mind, uh, when the prime ministers keep on changing and the queen keeps on appointing them, what happens to the whole concept of democracy? Does that exist in the UK or it's just appointment in in terms of favorability by the Queen? No, in the, it does exist in the sense that it's a constitutional monarchy and the Queen is bound to, uh, by convention, to ask that person to form the government who, in her judgment, has the best chance of uh, finding the majority in the parliament. All right. And if you remember uh, May, Prime Minister May, you know, she lost the election. Yeah, she did. (laughs) Uh, But uh, uh, she didn't have the majority, but she went to the palace and she was asked to form the government. And that enabled her to get uh, some votes uh, from the Irish party. Okay. You see, so the queen, while choosing who should be asked to form the government, plays a very, very decisive role. Okay. Now, since we've understood uh, the the monarchy, we've understood how the UK government works. We've understood all of this. Now, let's try to understand how does the monarch and the UK or the entire union over there affect India in itself, right? Because at the end of the day, we were colonized by them. They are the colonizers. They are the white folks who came to our country, drained us, no matter what we can say. I mean, there is this one phrase on the internet that says, uh, what do you think uh, is very British but does not really belong in like in the hands of British? And they said like the entire British museum because <laughs> it's, it's not theirs at all, right? So uh, how does that correlate to India at this point of time? Okay, let me put it this way. You spoke of colonization. Now let's speak of decolonization. Okay. To my mind, there are three stages. 
first stage is political decolonization. That is when, the, you know, there is formal independence, political independence. Then comes economic decolonization, you know. Okay. Economic independence. Actually, you know, nobody can be economically independent because we live in an interdependent world. True. The question is whether there is still a certain equality, rough equality. Then last comes intellectual decolonization because we still tend to think, though I should correct myself in the sense that uh, the struggle for independence starts with intellectual decolonization. It is because Indians decided that they have they deserve freedom. Okay. That it's all started. Now talking about how it affects us, I remember sometime back in the last century in Delhi, the upper class used to go in suits, even in the summer. Okay. However you know, hot it was. Then it was a British High Commissioner who started having, uh, what is it called, uh, uh, slacks, you know, the... Yeah, the cooler pants. Uh, yeah, you know, sort of, you know. And I also remember way back in 1965 or so, when I went to Madagascar for my first posting, my ambassador was an Anglo-Indian, you know, and uh, long table, even if I was only invitee, he will sit at the other end of the table and I will sit at this end. <laughs> All right. So this is, okay, cool. The protocol. Yeah. And then some funny thing happened. Once uh, a team came from India, audit team, and he had arranged for lunch in his fashion. Okay. So he started with white wine and all that. Then champagne came, and some of the staff members didn't like it. <laughs> they <laughs> almost vomited. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh. So this is what decolonization does to you, right? This is how it affects. So once again, coming back to the fact that we still have to figure out if decolonization happened, we had the intellectual, the economic, and then we finally, finally got rid of the British. Does it still have an impact on India and its policies? Because right now we know that Boris Johnson is going to come at the end of this April month, right? So uh, will this entire conversation between the PM there and PM here Will this actually be fruitful or will this be just like a normal, you know, end-to-end conversation? No, I expect it to be fruitful because don't forget that uh, uh, Great Britain is in a position where it needs allies after that, uh, what I call disastrous Brexit. Yeah. You know that uh, uh, Britain's uh, export to Germany has... Have come down by 50%? No, I had no Lots idea. Lots of complications, you know, border checks and paperwork and all that. Okay. So that's why I call it disastrous. Britain wants to neutralize. And India is certainly a very, very important, can be a very important major ally. Okay. Okay. And, of course, India needs Britain, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we have so much in common. Mm-hmm. Our people... You know, we have the English language yeah. and uh, the British tradition. So, that is a good uh, scope for co- cooperation. All right. And this cooperation, you know, is uh, on a basis of equality. All right, cool. That's about it for this uh, episode. Thank you so much, uh, Fabian, for being a part of the 
podcast uh, can can i yeah i can say that right yeah cool so thank you so much when <laughs> i it's not a tv show there is no fourth wall breaking here so thank you so much and uh, thanks for explaining things uh, in an easier manner for a dummy like me no you are not a dummy and uh, together we have had royal company oh cool <laughs> puns that's nice where we're progressing in life cool i'll see you in the next episode thank you thank you thank you Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and listen. If you want to listen to more such podcasts, then go ahead and check us out on hdsmartcast.com. And don't forget, this was an HD Smartcast production, which is India's fastest growing podcast production platform. And if you want to have a conversation with me uh, in regards to politics, you can always hit me up on Instagram. That's Radio Aniket for you. And if you want to give us feedback, at HD Smartcast is where we will be ready for your feedback. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or suno nae nazariye se. This was a Radio One production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support, so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chev and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.